Thank you for checking out today's 2018-2019 basketball preview show. Tyler Aki, Tim Leonard, we're going to have a lot here for you, Fizz Nation. We've got the full Syracuse basketball preview show. We're going to try and figure out how the heck Jim Beheim is going to manage like 10 or 11 good basketball players at once because this team's loaded. They're really good, and I'm really excited to talk about it. It's going to be a fun year. Yeah, Syracuse, the ceiling's high. If you're looking for football, you've come to the wrong spot because, hey, this is the basketball preview show. So we if, we did a doubleheader today. We did. So if you, if you missed our earlier show, we did a football breakdown as well as some basketball recruiting. We're not going to talk about any recruiting in this podcast. So if you want any of that, check us out, SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter, wherever. Wherever. OrangeFizz.net or theorangefizz.com. So <laughs> we'll have all that. But now it's time for the basketball preview show. Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. We have arrived. It is basketball season, even though in our last pod we said it's still football season. (laughs) But here we are. We, we just needed Syracuse football to hold us over into Syracuse basketball, and lo and behold, we're still talking about football. But this is the 2018-2019 Syracuse basketball comprehensive preview show. Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard. Some say it's critically acclaimed. <laughs> some Can't say. tell you who those some are, but They're us. we've I got mean, a, a lot, and by a lot, I mean a lot to get into. There's so much going on with this year's team. We'll go over some certain players that we want to highlight out of the get-go, some rotational stuff, the front court, the guards, why this team's going to be different than last year's team that went to the Sweet 16 and has all five players returning from that starting lineup. We'll stack you through some of the schedule. We're not going to go game by game, though. No one likes that. No, no, that's boring. We wouldn't do that to you. Just where this team stacks up in the conference and what you can expect out of this year's Syracuse basketball team. Who? By the way, Tim Leonard is already your Northeast 10 champions after beating <laughs> That's the College of St. Rose and Lemoyne. Yeah, they crushed him in those uh, preseason tilts. They look good. This so, is a really good team. I'm jacked up for this preview show. I'm jacked up for the season. I know Syracuse football is really good right now. Everything's going well for Syracuse. Good recruiting Syracuse, class. I mean, they're the only team in the country by my metrics that is going for two conference championships yeah. in the same season. I mean— they really can't win the ACC football championship, but we can. Dream. Well, no, I'm talking about you, they won the NE10, and they're going to oh, the, okay. try Sorry. to win the ACC Sorry. too. So. Sorry, I'm, you're right. My mistake went a little over your head there. Hopefully, not everyone else. <laughs> right over. So, but first, before we get into any of that, be sure to check us out everywhere online: OrangeFizz.net or theOrangeFizz.com. TheOrangeFizz.com, and we're also on Twitter.com, <laughs> not .net. At Orange Fizz, you can check out Tim at Tim underscore Leonard four. Yeah, I, I got you that got right. It. I right on the money. Right on the money this time. At Tyler Aki underscore. That's Aki spelled A K I. I feel like people don't know how to spell my name sometimes too. They should though. I mean, it's not that hard to spell. It, that's one of those things though. It, it it doesn't look hard to spell, but right. If you just hear it, I you're guess like, I've seen it. You're too probably many thinking times. like, how the hell do you spell that? And then we're also on SoundCloud and iTunes, Apple Podcasts. So be sure to like, subscribe. Facebook, too. We're everywhere. Facebook, too. How can I forget about the Facebook? <laughs> well, they dropped the the. They dropped the the. Hey. But. So, Syracuse basketball. Let's get into it right now. So many obstacles and so many things to get forward. 
let's just start with what we saw in the preseason. Just real quickly, even though these games mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, true. I did see a couple things that are worth noting and a couple things that are worth forgetting. I know some people are lukewarm on Tyus Battle and how he performed in the preseason. It didn't look good. One for ten in that first game. He's not, not much better in the second position, game. Though, so. He wasn't playing at the two spot, which is very important to note. But along with that, I think what the Syracuse basketball community needs to understand is Tyus Battle is going to be a star. Yeah, I mean, no, no worries about him at all. No worries. Uh, I know there was a poll that got put out, and a, it was very actually responded to quite harshly. And uh, I would tend to agree with what a lot of his nation. <laughs> I, I'll say this: I did not put out said poll, and yeah, my better judgment would not have put out said poll. Of right, are you worried about Tyus Battle? I'm not worried about Tyus Battle. I think Tyus Battle is going to be an All ACC first teamer and contend for an All American spot. He's literally on the first team, a first team All American on ESPN. There's nothing to There's worry nothing about. Nothing to worry about. We know Tyus Battle by now. We saw him last year when he had all the pressure in the world on him and was carrying that team as a sophomore and was great. The only guy they could turn to really outside of I guess Frank and O'Shea in the waning minutes he had to deliver, give them buckets in that March Madness run. He's the definition of clutch. I'm not worried about him one bit. And he wasn't even playing his normal position. That is, you can't say that enough. That's really probably the main reason and the only reason why he struggled in preseason games that don't matter to begin with. And last year, too, last year's success hinged on how well Tyus Battle was going to play. I don't think this year's does. No. Well, you look at all the pieces that come around. There's so many scoring pieces. He might not even be the best offensive player on this team. We saw what Elijah Hughes has done. Again, he's looked phenomenal in the preseason. He's gone close to 20 in every game, so he looked great. Buddy Beheim has looked, Buddy. Has looked phenomenal, too. He's looked I think really good. He, he, I, I lost my mind when I saw him start that first game, that first preseason. Yeah, and, and like, a lot Whoa. of it had to do with the injuries. Yeah, right, I mean, but, obviously the injuries, he's not going to— When they get Kerry and Howard back, he's not going to start. He's not going to start, but he's, he's making a, a strong case to be the first guy off the bench. Again, I don't want to put too much stock into the preseason games, but he's making a case to be the sixth man on this team— Especially after people were saying this guy might redshirt, or at least yeah. that was that was that what was people were saying. Around for sure, I was saying. And, and I mean, it was and Jim Beheim's like, and eh, he's not redshirting. And, <laughs> it's a good okay, Jimbo Jim. impression. Uh, he's not redshirting, and I think that's pretty clear. He can play at this next level. It's been pretty impressive. So, those were two of my biggest preseason takeaways in terms of what I saw on the court. I don't know if you've got anything else that I'm forgetting. No, I mean, I think. Even more so, you shouldn't take anything really away from the preseason games, but I was at the Orange versus White game, which is even more foolish to take away stuff from, (laughs) and I'm going to take away something from it. Buddy Beheim's shot in the Orange versus White, when he did the three-point contest there, he can flat-out shoot the basketball. Like Even better, we knew he was going to be one of the better shooters on the team, but even better than any of us anticipated going into this. He's got... A very pure shot. It doesn't require much energy. He doesn't tire out, unlike Tyus Battle, who when he did the three-point shootout, you know, he jumps pretty high, and I don't think that's really crafted for him. But he's going to be the best shooter on this team, and they've lacked that true three-point option. That's what he brings to the table, not to mention he already knows the 2-3 zone and that defense very well, you would have to imagine. So I agree. He has been a takeaway that he is legit going to play major minutes, and at times we thought he might redshirt, so that's yep. a big takeaway. And O'Shea's look great, and Elijah's look great. Yeah, Buddy Beheim, always great to have the 18th-year freshman on your team. <laughs> exactly. So let's just start out rotation-wise. 
what is this team going to do? You've got 10, 11 bodies out there. Really 11, yeah. If you count Howard Washington, who's injured and Mm -hmm. won't be back for a little bit. But you've got a lot of bodies. It's looking like everyone's going to be healthy by the time we get to MSG in a couple weeks. But for Syracuse... You've got so many options, especially at the guard position. It almost feels like an overload at this point. But even forwards too, they are right. loaded in the backcourt and in wing positions. More loaded than they yeah. have been in maybe ten years. It's astonishing, really. And and Jim Beheim, now it becomes, is it too many cooks in the kitchen at some point? Are you going to tell someone in the freshman class to potentially redshirt, like a Robert Braswell? He's the because obvious candidate, he seems I guess. Like, yeah, he seems like his game needs a little bit of work right now in terms of he just hasn't had that dominant step Yeah, that I thought he could have taken against a team like LeMoyne or College of St. Rose or I'll be honest. I mean, I, I would say they should redshirt him, and I don't think that's really a knock on him. He's going to be a good player, and he's going to get his chance. I just don't see how he fits into the rotation this year. And with that in mind, why burn a year? I don't really know how the rules exactly play out. I guess they don't have to make that decision right at the start of the season. He, he can play in 30% of the season. Okay. Before he can be redshirted. So I guess with that in mind, you probably don't make that decision until you get a feel for right. how these injuries play out and and maybe wet his beak a little bit in the non-conference. But I would not it's be surprised like if he redshirts. The, yeah. the first yeah. couple games are a giant tryout, and he's probably not going to play a lot, if at all, against Oregon if Syracuse no, doesn't. No, he's not really Oregon. ready for that. But and that's against fine. the team like an Eastern Washington, against a team like a Moorhead State. As you get deeper into the non-con too, there's a couple of other just gimme opponents out there. So right, even though even though Jim Beheim calls every team he's ever played a, a good basketball yes. team, yes, yeah. So does Dino Babers. Yeah. It's a it's a coach's it's a, it's thing. It's a coach's thing, but they they are going to I think just give Robert Braswell a little bit of a tryout, let him kind of feel it right out, move. feel it out, and if he's not ready come ACC play, then, hey, you you let him red shirt. Right. So. You have that option, and I think that's the best option because you don't want to burn a year. He's going to be a good player. All right, let's get into some of the in- – or actually, let's top off this rotational yeah. talk. Now, this is the big thing for what? me. I don't know how they're going to figure this out or how Jim's going to figure this out, but we can try to play Jim Beheim for a right. little bit here. So I think the starting lineup's pretty clear, at least from the start. It'll go Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, O'Shea Brissett, Elijah Hughes and Pascal Chukwu. Yep. I, I flipped up Brissett and Chukwu or and uh, Elijah right, Hughes' positions there. Yeah, but. Elijah's going to be the three, right. and Brissett will be the four. And but. there's a lot of offense in that. There are a four lot more than last players. year. Yeah, yeah. And you're maybe adding your best offensive player into right. that. And there's a lot of defense too. I, I mean, mean, all th- these guys are good defenders. Not not to liken Syracuse to the Golden State Warriors, but imagine last so year. Let's do it anyway. But let's do it anyways. <laughs> Imagine, the remember stars. the year before they had Kevin Durant, and then you add in Kevin Durant, who is the best offensive player. You're, you might be adding in your best offensive player. Yeah, it's really not far fetched to say Hughes. I mean, we've been hearing it forever that in practice last year and whatnot, and and look, he's going to have to prove it. And there might be some initial growing pains in terms of transitioning to that real live game action. He did sit out an entire year last year. That doesn't help anyone, regardless of how talented you are. And I guess there's reason to be skeptical because he was an ECU transfer that didn't do much, but 
But that's part of the reason why you transfer. Yeah, maybe he's he really he good. More he's really talented. He's big too. He's a lot bigger he, than I thought he was. I think yeah. he put on some muscle over he, the off season. He just looks like a guy who played a lot of AAU basketball. Yeah, and he definitely does. The way he plays, he fits the it's bill. a lot of just like tipping the ball to yourself and just being crafty and stuff like that. So I'm really excited about what he can bring. I'm a little worried. I will say he. And this is also something I noticed in the Orange versus White game. So take this with a grain of salt. But he does settle for a lot of jumpers, like kind of those long twos, free throw line s jumpers. And I just I could see Beheim getting very coach's nightmares. Yes, I could see him getting a little annoyed at times with his shot selection and things of that nature. He's gonna learn. He's got to learn to be a little more smarter with the ball because he's such a good offensive talent. And they don't need him to just be settling for jumpers. He's one of those guys that can slash and get to the rim at will. So given everything that we know about the rotation and stuff like that, how many players there are, last season we saw Syracuse have three of the top five players in terms of minutes played. Usually not a good formula. Yeah. (laughs) Even though it did get them to the Sweet 16. Yeah, amazingly. That's not going to happen again this year. That being said, who, or not, not who, what is going to be the total of minutes per game that leads this team? 35, 36? I was going to say like 34-ish. Yeah, I think Battle still sits for maybe five minutes a game. And he should. Yeah, he I mean, he's that. that good. And the thing is, they have a lot of weapons, but they still are going to need Battle's offense. Yes, it's going to be less, and yes, he's going to be more efficient because he doesn't have to be the guy and the only guy. I still worry at times when you look at a lineup, if you take out a Brissette or a battle, it starts to become, and we know Syracuse's offense can get stagnant, and it's just not, never been an offensive-minded team with Jim Beheim, and that's fine, and it's worked the other way around with defense. I just think you still have to have battle out there. He's a first-team All-America, according to a lot of these publications. you got to have him and out there for 34. And that includes with Ethan 30. Happ in, on yeah. those teams. <laughs> that's, that's a prestigious company with Ethan Happ. He's the most overrated player in the country, yes. maybe. Mm-hmm. He's right up there. But yeah, 34 or 35, I think, for battle. And even Brissett, you're probably looking at low 30s. Like, yeah, yeah, 32, 33. Yeah. And I think probably Frank's probably at a solid 30. Right. I think, I think Frank that, that, out of the three. Assuming Jalen Carey is the player we think he is. I think it's safe to assume that Frank Howard is going to sit at a solid 30. Yeah. I think out of the three, Frank is going to get the lowest minutes per game. That's that's. I'd be Which shocked if that was. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And it's not a knock against Frank. It's just at the end of the day, these are human beings. They have like, a better backup yeah. at his position. Yeah. And, I mean, you have a backup at his position. <laughs> yeah. Which is that's true. Just something that it really is a blessing for the Syracuse team that logged so many minutes, so many games last year. So... The guards, let's just start with them. Yep. In terms of breaking down this team, there's a lot of them. And by a lot, I mean a lot of talented ones, too. Right. You look, at, well, let's throw Elijah Hughes into the guard combination. Sure. Because he, I think he's a combo that's, in my eyes. Yeah, but yeah, he's a combo player. I think he'll be better known as a guard. So you got Buddy Beheim, Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, Howard Washington, Jalen Carey, and Elijah Hughes. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot for two and a half positions. Yeah, and, I, and Syracuse is gonna probably. In, they're probably gonna experiment with some lineups this year. They're, Maybe they go won't. small. Have I like, O'Shea Brissett as your five. I like that lineup a lot. Especially I mean, I always love going small. Right. It's the modern way of basketball. I get the benefit of having a Chukul as the anchor in the two-three zone. He is 
the best rim protector by far they have on this team. But putting Brissett at the five, I think, is completely fine. He could be that Tyler Lydon-like guy. They played mm-hmm. Lydon at the five a lot, and those teams were still really good defensively. Brissett's a good defender, good rebounder. I'm not worried if they put him at the five, and that could be by far their best offensive lineup if you then are going with like three guards and putting Carey in the fold or something like that. Brissett also looks bulked up, too. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that. He looks a lot bigger, and I think he can definitely cause some problems at the rim for yeah. a lot of players because— I think that was something that kind of went under the radar. Is he got some pretty big blocks last year. He's right. A, I thought he was a very good defensive player. And maybe, again, you'd have to break down the tape, 2-3 scheme-wise, how he fit in. But I think at the anchor, he's one of those players who I don't think there will be any questions about his defense when he tries to translate to the next level. Yeah, Because no, he's got that raw athleticism in him. It looks like he can move his feet pretty well out there on the floor. So. I, I like what O'Shea Brissett can bring defensively outside of the zone, even though we probably won't see that at all this year. Now, when you look at this, and I think we're going to see a lot more smaller lineups out of Syracuse at times this year, but you look pretty loaded top yeah. to bottom. Frank Howard, as much as some of the fan base hasn't liked him in the past, you can't deny that he's when, he's got, when he's got options, too— of other options to distribute, he can be an effective player. Now, the turnovers have to come down. Last season, he led the ACC in turnovers. Which... Yeah, and it's partially because he played all those minutes. Right, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think but that still... has to be factored in. I think, let's just say, like, who is definitely going to play. So we know the starting five. We already listed that off. Dolezal's going to get minutes. Dolezal's going to get some major minutes. He's got to get minutes. So that's six. Sidibe pretty much has to get minutes because he's your backup center and he's one of your two front court players or one of your two defensive anchors unless you're going to that smaller Brissett lineup so Sidibe's pretty much got to play Carey when he gets healthy pretty much has to play because he's going to have to spell Howard he's your backup point guard Mm -hmm. and that's eight guys already and we haven't even mentioned Buddy Bayheim. and I don't think they go past nine so that's why I I say you probably redshirt Braswell because if you're getting into double digits, that's uncharted territory for Jim. Mm-hmm. Nine is already kind of uncharted territory. So Braswell will be 10, Howard Washington 11. I think you're going to play Buddy probably five to 10 minutes a game and maybe even more. I, I would probably range more towards maybe more. 15. Yeah. I mean, he's that I'm good. I'm to say 15 to 20, but who knows? Maybe he has some freshman too. hiccups out of the gate. And uh, I don't know. He's. I thought he's looked all right in the defense, too. The what with this whole dynamic of the these lineups is that I think there's someone who you basically what I'm what I want to say is you can be replaced at, at yeah. every position across the board. I mean, I, e- even if you're Tyus Battle, I think right. you can be replaced by Elijah Hughes, and I think that competition is really going to help this team in terms of say it's some night it's not someone's night last year if either battle Brissett, or howard were way off they were done syracuse was not dead in the water they were not even going to come close to winning that game but this year if any one of those three are off i think there's someone that can fill those i also think it's a sneaky really good situation for buddy that carrie and howard are banged up because we know he's going to play minutes tuesday night against eastern washington significant minutes like he has been in the preseason he might even start and, and Bayheim can now justify it too, right? And and, and now for Buddy, not it's that not he needs like, our approval, but he can now yeah, justify. Yeah, it. it's he's not looking for our approval. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> but now for Buddy, it's not like he's just getting five spot minutes here or there 
against these teams, and it's like if he misses that first three, then he gets a little shaky and a little nervous, and it's tough to earn your strikes when you're just getting minimal time. For him, he's going to get 15-plus minutes in all of these early games before Carey and Howard get fully healthy. So he's going to have that time. He's going to be able to make some mistakes and work out the kinks a little bit, and I think he's going to prove that he deserves 15 minutes and 10 minutes each and every time. Yeah, so I'm excited for a heavy dose of Buddy Bayheim this year. I don't see how they put less than nine guys, though. Like, Do you see it? I can't see a a scenario. I I seriously can't. Yeah, which is so weird. Exactly. I, I feel like somehow, some way, it's going to be December. It's going to be ACC play, and Jim's going to shrink this down to eight or seven somehow. But I just, the more I look at it, I guess you take out Barama. Barama will be the first guy to go, and then you're just looking at Pascal. But Barama would have to be really bad too. Yeah, because to... Chuku can't play more than 25, 30 minutes a game. He doesn't have that in him, mm-hmm. and you really just are forfeiting a lot when you take away that much size. And I know Barama can't jump that great in, in his knees and all that. I don't he think did look, He did look healthy, though. Yeah. I'll say that. And especially in that St. Rose game, I remember thinking, hmm, like, Barama looks healthy. Right. I'm just thinking, like, if we fast-forward to December, we're trying to visualize the team at the start of ACC play. The only guy and the only scenario to make it go from 9 to 8 that I visualize, I guess maybe, buddy, but I, I still think the most likely scenario is Barama gets kind of dropped from the lineup, and he just does a couple too many things to get in Bayheim's doghouse. That's probably the only guy, and even then, I don't think that happens. So we're probably looking at nine guys even in ACC play, which is wild. So with the rest of the front court here, you mentioned Barama, Marek Dolajai, Robert Braswell, O'Shea Brissett, Pascal Chukwu. Chukwu and Sidibe is just its own battle. Yeah, it's not even a battle. Like Chukwu, he's the starter. Think, yeah, and he's better. Yeah, he, he's looked like he's a better shot blocker this year too. One one thing that's impressed me so far this year is that he's keeping those blocks in bounds. I mean, again, I don't want to put so much stock into a preseason game in an orange yeah. and white scrimmage, but he's keeping <laughs> but the blocks. All in we bounds. can do. Right that's now. all we can do right now. Yeah. Now. O'Shea Brissett is that dude. He is the guy amongst the front court. Yes. That Everyone is excited about. And now you've got a couple of question marks here. Robert Braswell, what exactly is he going to end up being? He's got to right. show that he can shoot. And he, he can to- shoot a little bit, but it's not its not the prettiest looking shot, but it's like, okay, he's another weapon mm-hmm. that if he's open for three, he's going to let it rip, and he'll make like 35% of them, 30% of them, and somewhere in there. That's going to be the thing that, maybe can differentiate him from being a redshirt this season to actually seeing a lot of floor minutes. That's probably the biggest improvement with this team. It's just they have way more three-point shooting. Last year, and largely because Battle and Howard and Brissett were really the only guys that could shoot from three, so they were forced to shoot a lot more contested and tougher threes. They only shot like around 32% last year as a team from three. That's simply one of the worst marks in the country. They have to be better than that, and they will be with guys like Buddy. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest improvement in my eyes is how many three-point guys they have. So even with, like, Marek Dolajai, too, the the way that—I mean, I talked to him, too, and he said that he's worked on that three-point shot. Not that he's going to take a lot yeah. more, but it's an option now. He feels even like it's an option Even if he's shooting 18-footers more at a, mm-hmm. at a better clip, because they're going to give him that. And they, he they did to. that at the end of the year, starting in the ACC tournament, right. it felt like. That's when he started to explode, had some 20-point games, looked like a really— uh, like People who didn't watch Syracuse basketball 
probably thought that Marek Dolzhai was like a top two player on the team. He he's the forgotten man about this team, mm-hmm. I think, because. We've talked at length about a lot of other guys, and you have to talk at length about Elijah Hughes and O'Shea and Tyus and Marek, and or he's going to make a leap. I mean, that's just what you do from your freshman to sophomore year, especially how raw he was. We forget when we were watching the tournament last year, everyone was raving about, wow, this dude's going to be a great four-year player. You can already see him as a junior or senior being a leader of this Syracuse team. Mm-hmm. Everyone was visualizing that, and he's just become forgotten because there's a lot of other pieces but he's going to make a leap, too, you'd have to imagine. Now, Marek Dolezal, I asked him at Media Day about... So the, this was a Fizz thing last year, by the way. <laughs> Fizz released the the breaking news that... Oh, right, Mar- and Dolezal, ESPN ripped us off. Yeah, right. ESPN stole that, so thanks for the credit, ESPN. But that he watched Two and a Half Men to Learn English. Yes. So I asked him about some of the other shows that it's he's watching. Fizz exclusive. I, I, I feel like we, we need to like keep up with him. Yes. This Claim dude watches him. so much TV. <laughs> so much TV. Um, What's he watching now? Ozark. He finished Ozark. Ozark's like, good. He, he rattled off like five shows over the summer that he just finished. So he's he probably just Ozark. been playing basketball and watching Netflix, Yeah, watching man. some Netflix. He's living so the dream. He had Ozark. Uh, was it called like Jake Ryan? Oh, uh, eh, I don't even know it's that. Something like yeah, that. it's something like that. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Is I- it... John? No. It's no, it's, it Jack? was definitely like Jake Ryan. It was okay. definitely like a Jake Ryan. I I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not like culture savvy like that. And then he, he rattled off three more and then he's like, Oh, but there's this one you have to watch. It's called Money Heist. It's Haven't a, heard of it. It's a Spanish show. Oh, but it's wow. in it's in English, but it's like made by right, Spanish right. a Spanish cast. So I think we have to like start watching that now. <laughs> and just give it we'll give like a we five like, minute it's segment. It's like a book club, except for, for <laughs> yeah. Netflix for shows. podcast versions, yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. We have to set a goal now to like finish a season. All right, I might start it tonight. Well, Let's do we it. I'm in after yeah. after Sunday night football because your Pats money are playing heist? tonight. Yes. Money heist. Yes, the money Pats heist. are playing yes. tonight. So, so after that, after that, we can we can do a little money heist. But yeah, we'll have to anyway. report back to him <laughs> yeah. too. That that should be our thing too. Like that that'll be the fizz shtick in the locker room. Like we just talked to Marek about what's uh, going TV. on in money heist. Yeah. Just so, got to know Marek off the court. Yeah. He's he's a character. And who knows? Maybe one day he'll come on the pod. <laughs> maybe. We'll just watch we can dream. We can do like a little film session. Exactly. We can just that, tee that, him up that's, for Ozark. That's what it's called. It's film session. Yeah. Like we we'll, have the, it's basically elevator pitch. We'll just be like, all right, go ahead. Money heist. Money heist. Your go. tank. <laughs> <laughs> You're calm. So Marek's going to be pretty good. And he's six foot ten now. Yeah. He's gained inches. <laughs> that, this is one of my favorite narratives about Marek Dolezal is that People he's- People forget. Everyone always talks about- he is a legit six foot ten. Like that's all I saw on Twitter. Every, everyone talks about like, I know was it the Ringer does the whole thing with Luka Doncic is yeah. like like whenever someone does something that's not Luka Doncic, they always say like, oh, but was he the Euroleague MVP? <laughs> um, right. So whenever anyone does something for Syracuse, I think we just have to respond. But is he a legit six <laughs> ten? Exactly. He has he has put on an inch. I think you can noticeably see a difference, yeah. and he's a little bit. Filled out the frame a little bit more, yeah. you know. It's a work in progress, right. but these forwards are going to be solid as well. Definitely, I th- I would say the guards are a little stronger, but the forwards, yeah, certainly looking very promising. Right, the, Hughes is season. a huge addition. I, I love what I see in Elijah Hughes. So even though he's a guard, Hughes is but, huge. That's a so tough huge. one to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. So now that we've gone through the front court, just the shooting in general, and you brought this up to me before we even started this pod, like. This is a Syracuse team that shot under 33% from three. Right. And Not good. you want to be shooting about 35%. Right. 
Right. And I mean, that's not that far shoot, fetched. Thirty-seven like, yeah. percent, but just the fact that you're adding these shooters like Hughes, like Jalen Carey, like Buddy Bayheim, that's just gonna raise the percentages of Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, and O'Shea Brissett, and. That was the big knock on them is that some of them have really low shooting percentages last year, but they're not going to have those same low shooting percentages because they've got all these options now to really just build. And they're going to have open shots. Yeah. They're not going to be shooting with two seconds on the shot clock anymore. It's just going to be a Remember, lot uh, more controlled. Tyler Lydon's freshman year, he shot 40% from three. And don't get me wrong, he's a good shooter, period. Like, it wasn't just that 40% was also because he's a good shooter, but it had a lot to do with guys like Andrew White being out there and other players. John Gillen could shoot the three on some of those teams, and I guess not his freshman year, but in there was other options. Trevor Cooney right. was on that team. Benajay. So he wasn't chucking up as many threes, and he was efficient. I think we could see the byproduct of that for a guy like I don't know, Jalen Carey, or even an O'Shea Brissett. Like, he's not going to yeah. be shooting as many the rever- threes. The reverse line theory. Right, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. I like that. I, I think this shooting is going to be way better, because even the field goal percentage last year was abysmal. It was Syracuse was ranking outside the top 300. Don't, don't get me teams. wrong, though. There's still a little part of me that's like, maybe that is the downfall of this team, like, scoring. Like, it's still, in the back of my mind, I watched too many games last year where they just couldn't put the ball in the ocean, and I get they've added Hughes and they've added weapons, and Tyus, again, should be more efficient because of those weapons, but this team almost didn't make the tournament. It's easy for us to say, oh, they're definitely a top 25 team. They were a Sweet 16 team last year. If the committee just makes a different decision and they don't go on that run and they bring back all the talent and they have the same roster but they didn't get that bid, they're not a top 25 team. We have to keep that in mind. They played great in the tournament, don't get me wrong. I still factor all that in, and they showed off the defensive prowess, but they didn't really show much on offense still, and that still concerns me a little bit, is where will the offense go if Battle is having an off night or Brissett's having an off night? There still is some of that. There's less of it because there's Hughes and there's more weapons, but it's still a factor. Yeah, I'm not as worried. I think Syracuse is still going to win some of those grinded out games in the yeah. 50s. But and their defense the time, is so good. At, at the same time, though, they they can go blow for blow with a team like a Duke or something when they, if need, they a, need to. They, you if think. they need to dial yeah. it up offensively. So I'm looking forward to how that all develops. Now, when we take a look at the schedule here, the, Tim and I are going to, we're not going to go game by game, but the games that you want to check out this season right. in terms of basically key matchups. We've done the scouting for you of teams that you need to see. First of all, uh, these first two games, yeah, it's cool to like come out support in the opener, but yeah, they're going to be blowouts. Eastern Washington, right. Moorhead State. If they're not blowouts, then we've got far bigger problems. Right now, UConn is not a good team again. No, but the allure, I get it. If you're an alum, maybe you want to go see that game. Sure, whatever. MSG. MSG. Hopefully, it's not a rock fight like it has been like right. the three or four last times they played them. Now let's assume that both Syracuse and Oregon win their respective games. That's a game to watch. That is going to be the biggest game of the weekend. I I haven't looked at the rest of the schedule, but Syracuse-Oregon is going to be the biggest game of the weekend. Oh, that's huge. Oregon is loaded. They have, is it Lewis or Louis King? I don't know. I think it's Lewis King. Okay. He was a Syracuse target. Right. Syracuse target. Unfortunately, Syracuse did not get him, but he is one of the better recruits in the country. Bull Bull. They have Probably Peyton the Pritchard. best recruiting class yeah. in the country. If you that's haven't seen Bowl's highlights on Twitter, just look him up. Yeah, like, Oregon's he was really shoot, talented. He's seven foot two, sh- shooting uh, turnaround three pointers from the wing. 
It, right. It's he's a garden a seven foot two body. Oregon's gone from like a surefire football school to they're rounding into like a good basketball. It's school. almost like the reverse Syracuse. <laughs> it, it basically is. So. Yeah, you got to check out that Oregon game if you're in the New York City area. And you if they win that, is that a game, miss. yeah, that's like that's the that's your litmus test in the early right, season. exactly. And that's going to be one of those games. It's kind of similar to me to what Syracuse did against Texas A and M in uh, that right. Final Four run. So that would have been 2015, the, the 2015 part of the 2015-16 yeah. season. Yes, and what they did against Texas A and M, like that's your litmus test to know if this team's legit. So. Syracuse, I Syracuse Oregon would be a great game. And even if they lose that game, that's fine. Like it's still right. early in the season, but it'll be interesting to see them match up against another top twenty-five team. Now, Big Ten ACC Challenge, or I guess this year it's the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I don't know why they change it. Yeah, that's like, why really don't you weird. just, <laughs> just so stick to what works? I would say normally you go alphabetical and say ACC Big Ten Challenge, but I think Big Ten ACC Challenge rolls off the tongue better. It, well, it's because that's how it's been, so that's right. how we're going to say it. I don't know why mm-hmm. you change it at this point, but yeah. yeah. So they, Syracuse faces Ohio State for anyone in Buckeye Nation in that area. It's the Darius Baisley. Uh, yeah, the Darius Baisley Reject Bowl. Um, I wonder if Darius is going to go to that game. I don't think so. <laughs> I think he'd get mobbed. <laughs> I think they'd ride and kick him out. But the thing is, I, I feel like if, Ohio if State Darius doesn't Bezos hate him. Listening, don't go to that game. <laughs> I, Ohio State wouldn't hate him though. It's going to be all Ohio State fans. If anything, I feel like Ohio State m- maybe kind of likes him. I mean, he gets some airtime. He'd probably be on ESPN. Oh, that he'll night. be all over that. Yeah, they'd be like, "Look, the Darius Baisley reject." To, he'll be sitting next to Shams. <laughs> Because yeah. they're, like, best friends now or something like that? No, he'll, he's not going to be at that game. He's going to be, like, you know, doing uh, some stapling or whatever in his new role for New Balance. He's yeah. an intern for them. So yep. he's got to get the coffee, the pencils. bring it back to his desk, make sure the fi- file cabinets look he's good. He's definitely got, like, some thick glasses on. Right, nice exactly. Going. And he's making a million dollars, so yeah. he's, he's got to be there. He's got to be their intern. Making, yeah, as, as Fizz interns. I, I would say so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say more a lot than any more. Fizz intern has ever made. Yeah, so more <laughs> than probably for sure. any intern has ever made. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm Ohio State is just—I mean, they lost a lot of pieces. They're not they're that not, good. They're not going to be that good. Do they still have Phil Wesson? They actually. So one thing that's interesting, they have—I think it's Keyshawn Woods, the Wake Forest transfer. Right, yeah. yeah, they have actually like some pieces that ACC basketball fans and, and maybe some Syracuse fans might recognize just from other ACC games. Mm-hmm. They lost. Kata beats Diop, who's mm-hmm. who was their Mister Everything last year. Yeah. So that's what I mean. They're, they're not relevant. They're not going to be a top twenty-five team at any point this year, and they're probably going to be flirting around the bubble of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Probably if won't that. even make it. Depends yeah. how they play. It depends how the Big Ten is this year, right? So. But overall, that is a Syracuse will be favored in that game. Now it's still on the road, pretty hostile environment. It's early in the season. You're working through some of the rotation stuff, like we talked about. So. They'll be favored if they lose. It's not doomsday. I still right. think it's going to be like a good win if they win. I just wouldn't say that that's like Ohio State. Ohio team State made. isn't the brand it used to be. No, no, basketball they're, they're wise, and it's not. Bit. It's not necessarily Chris Holtman's fault, but no. So the rest of the non-conference. Hey, maybe you want to see Georgetown for the allure, whatever. Georgetown will be maybe slightly better, but. They still have uh, Govan, I'm pretty Jesse sure. Jesse Govan, yeah. Yes, who is obviously going to still be like, all right, we just got to make sure he doesn't tear us apart. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, the Syracuse will, should win that game again because it's at home too. Yeah. So Now, this is the best non-conference home game of 
the entire slate. I know where you you're already going. know where I'm going. I right know here. where you're going. It's the Buffalo Bulls. <laughs> it's the Buffalo Bulls, and I love the Arizona Slayers. The Arizona Slayers. Now, I love what Buffalo is all about. I, I mean, they are just grit, grind. It is unbelievable basketball to play. They are in your jersey. It's like Duke light. Yes. It's like what Duke wants to be. They're now. good. They're, they're really good. They're a good team. They bring back a lot of good pieces, too. Um, but I, I really like Buffalo. This game's on ESPN, too. The yeah, fact I mean, that they're already calling it ESPN be. two, it's an eight o'clock game too. They pushed it back that hour. That'd be a fun well. game to go to. That's but gonna be a close game. Yeah, that's a fun one. I I love Buffalo basketball. Buffalo is like my non-conference Boston College. Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to have a non-conference You're not Boston cheating College? On BC, if you do okay. that, Buffalo is my non-conference Boston College. So. They're a fun team. Last year, I would have taken them in the tournament against anyone so, except for Arizona. Probably. I think. It's easy to just look at the schedule like we're doing right now, especially in the non-conference, and say Ohio State, Georgetown, I guess UConn, Oregon. Those are the four big games. Yeah, Buffalo and St. Bonaventure are maybe the second and third hardest games, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, Oregon's the toughest game. Oregon's the toughest and game. And if they play Iowa, that changes things. Iowa will be like right around Buffalo level, I guess. I mean, they're not yeah, anything special. Right. So that— it's not a shoe in that they're going to play Oregon. Assuming they play Oregon, that's the toughest game. I think Buffalo is probably the second toughest, though. That's going to be a game that like could be a win that shows up on Syracuse's resume in terms of like when you're filling out the ESPN tournament challenge and it pulls up like good wins or RPI top forty wins. Mm-hmm. Buffalo could be right Buffalo in that range. They there, were yeah. last year. Buffalo when was Syracuse. Beat yeah, them. Buffalo made the like a quadrant one win or something yeah. like that. Like everyone was talking <laughs> right. about their quadrants. I should have just said quadrant one. Yeah. To... Even though quadrants mean nothing anymore. But... <laughs> Stay up with the times. So <laughs> that's what all the kids are talking about these days. <laughs> Let's get into ACC play. Well, do you want to just do home games or do you want to yeah like, game, I mean, games that you should can... buy a ticket for? Right. All right? right. If we had to pick a couple, so just buzzing through real quick. Clemson. You start at Notre Dame. First you start off, at Notre that's Dame. A tough yeah, that's a tough game to open up conference. I don't play. care. I, I know Notre Dame's not. I mean, they're going to be like preseason nine or ten or something in the ACC. They mm-hmm. lost a lot of weapons, but I don't, that's always a tough game. Like that is a tough, tough way to start ACC play. You'd rather play at a BC or at a Pittsburgh or something like that. Notre Dame's a tough venue. Yeah. Now, Clemson is your home opener in the ACC play. I love Clemson. Clemson's another fun team, too. They bring back uh, Elijah Thomas. So when I was covering the ACC tournament, I I was just watching a Clemson. It was, I think it was Clemson-BC. I don't know if they That was a good together. game. BC I, beat them, though, right? I think BC beat them. Because they made a, made a little run in the tournament. Here's the thing about why I love Clemson. Brad Burnell just yells, Eli, the entire time <laughs> at Elijah Thomas. And it's my favorite thing in college basketball. Eli, Eli. The entire game. <laughs> so I wonder if Jim Beheim's going to start doing that now with Elijah Hughes. Eli, <laughs> Eli. It wouldn't be as good. It wouldn't be as good. But and he probably Brad Burnell yell. has like yeah. a hoarse voice at all times. It's just <laughs> Eli, Eli. <laughs> Thank God we favorite. get another year of that. <laughs> I know exactly. So uh, I'm super excited Clemson's for that. Clemson's a good Clemson team game. too. They're, they play good D. They're a veteran bunch. That'll mm-hmm. be a tough one, even though it's at home. That's, and that's always if tough. If you're going to shell out to buy like close tickets for any game, make just it this to hear one. That, yeah. Just so you can hear Brad Burnell yell Eli. Of course, so he'll probably like not be playing because of an injury or something. Yeah, exactly. Just because we just, said that. Just because we said that. Right. Like that's how it works. But. <laughs> If you want to hear Brad Brunel yell Eli nonstop. That was one of the better moments in FizzCast <laughs> history. Eli! <laughs> Is that how we have to close now? I guess so, from here on out. Uh, now, Georgia Tech, 
Mm, probably not going to be anything that special this year. You lose a Kogi. I believe they lost yeah, George uh, Lammers, too. Pastner needs to start dropping some more bags to yeah. get his team he back to, to relevancy. To his glory. Yeah. Um, then they go at Duke. Pitt could be interesting this year, but probably nah, not. They're not going to be as bad as last on. year with Capel. Yeah. Miami is not Miami. They're not. Any, I mean, Larry Nega, I like. The Jim Beheim lookalike. Yeah. He's a good coach. I wouldn't read too much into I mean, it's hard to say how Miami's going to shake out. They've got a good amount of returners. Florida State, who we're about to bring up, that's yeah. also on the schedule. That's Whoa. a team that's hold up, pretty hold good. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I think I found our favorite stretch of games. Oh, man. I'm looking end, at it, too. End of, end of January and then the entire month of February. The month of February is going to be our March. <laughs> All right? Because let, let's just, off. Re- I'm just going to rip through the schedule right here. You go at Pitt. We love Capel. Yes. We, we, like, or like, we love the concept of Jeff Capel. Right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> And their preseason hype videos. Whoa, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. End of January. I, I completely missed out on this. At oh, Boston no. College. All right? That's right up We're going to have alley. to find the third Amigle this year because... They lost Jerome Robinson. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be uh, Vin Baker Jr., uh, Chris Heron Jr.? <laughs> Chris Heron Jr. Chris Heron Jr. Right. on the team yeah. now. They've got um, a to good go, freshman, too. To go alongside. Hamilton. Um, I, yeah, his name's Jeremy Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Who's going to be the third Amigo alongside Kai Bowman and Jordan Chapman? Who's it going to be, Tim? <laughs> Who's it going to be? Popovich, is he still there? He is still yeah. there, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he's not much of He's like a front court guy, though. Yeah, but. so... Who's going to be the third Amigle? That's our burning question for the month of February. That uh, is the for, most important question yeah. in our lives. Because who's right going to be the third man that completes Boston College as being Tim and my favorite team? I'm pretty to watch. sure like they're going to open Mike and Mike and first take with that tomorrow. That's the biggest yeah. question in sports right now. Mm-hmm. So we've got Boston College on the 30th. Then we've got the concept of Capel on the second. <laughs> the concept of Capel. Florida State's a great team. They're yeah. just like they're kind of like Syracuse where they're bringing everyone back. They're just right. running it back like Phil Kofer, MJ Walker, pretty much everyone's coming back. They are pr- very similar to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. They might be underrated at this yeah. point. I think I'm pretty high on Florida Sy- State. Syracuse and Florida State is just Spider-Man. Don't movie. forget Florida State made it to the Elite 8 last right. year. Yeah, exactly. They're a good team and everyone's running it back. Then we get Boston College again <laughs> after like a it's week. Christmas. It, it, it's after Christmas. It's Christmas in February. <laughs> we get Boston College at home. Then they go to NC State. Kevin Keats, the Ice Cream Warriors. Who (laughs) for those of you who don't know, whenever Kevin Keats, I think it's road games only. Whenever Kevin Keats' teams win on the road, he goes out for ice cream with them. He takes them out for ice cream. That is literally like the definition of rec basketball middle school coach. And Mm -hmm. he he probably adopted it in that time period for like his kids, and he's still riding it. I love it. So Kevin Keats, the Ice Cream Warrior. That game's in Raleigh. Then we got the Mac Attack. Coming in, Chris right. Mack in Louisville. That program's in shambles right now, but at the same time, maybe it's not. Who knows? Yeah, it's still Can kind Chris of Mack revive it? We'll see. At Louisville, he's going back to his alma mater. Then Duke on that Saturday. That's going to be game day, probably. Right. 30,000, you mm-hmm. think? Yeah, unbelievable start right there. And then you got North Carolina Holy to close crap. it all this out. This keeps getting better this and is, better. That February is going to be our Christmas. The entire month of February. So like the amount of fizzcasts we're going to do in February is going to be wild. I hope you don't wild. have plans in February because they I have don't to be anymore. Canceled. That's they for sure. They have to be canceled. 
Um, and then you've got a handful of games in March. Um, you've got at Wake Forest, then at home against Virginia. Tony Bennett's another always... potential thirty thousand, probably. Yeah. Is it a what day is that game? That's a, a Monday. Monday. That's, that's that's big Monday yeah. right there. It's already right, determined. It's big Monday. You'd rather it be like a Saturday, yeah, I guess, probably. for the crowd size. And then at Clemson. So if you want to travel down to South Carolina and hear Eli, <laughs> then go ahead by all means. Uh, Syracuse actually, I feel like travel kind of well for this Clemson football game. Oh, so. they they travel well for. Any ACC basketball games. Yeah, so. They had more fans at the Wake Forest game last year than uh, really Wake Forest fans had at that game, which isn't saying much, yeah. but still. All right. So there, there's your schedule wrap-up. If you, We've given you what games you got to see. Basically, if you can buy like a – I don't know if they do this, but if you can buy like a ticket package, For just February. buy the February package. Which buy the a February lot of those package. games are road too, yeah, I guess. So are, you're looking like, at one BC at home, Florida State at home, I mean, outside of that, is there any more? Oh, Duke. Duke Duke's at home, huge. But like, and that's a Saturday. But like, almost, if you can like, I don't know if there's, if there's an auction, if you're at any auction and it's like travel with the team or something like that, I know sometimes <laughs> teams will do that. Yeah. You have to get February. Yes. You have to pick your games in February. So I, like, I think maybe that's our package and yeah. not other people's package. But if you listen to this and, and you like what we do, then trust us. February yeah, will be February a good month. is going to be a great month yes. for you. All right, so February is going to be a lot of fun, as you can clearly tell by me and Tim's juice and that. <laughs> so let's get into now where this team kind of stacks up in the conference. And the, the ACC is loaded again. The best conference, loaded. Best conference in college basketball. Once again, they're running it back, kind of like Syracuse. So just top to bottom, I mean, there are so many good teams in this conference. Of course, you know about Duke, UNC, Virginia is going to be great again. Those are the, the Those three are the top three. dogs. But right. if you had to tier Syracuse, put them into a tier in the ACC, what tier are you putting them in? Because I've got, I've got <laughs> my answer. Are we pulling a Seth Greenberg here are, in tiering yes, the conference? Yeah, this is the, the tier one pod. <laughs> so I think tier one is still the three teams you mentioned, Duke, UVA, UNC. They've been there every single year. You got to give them that credit, and they're all just, returning a lot. Yeah, just for a little context right here Duke comes in at four, including four first place votes. Virginia comes in at five, two first place votes. UNC at eighth with no first place right. votes. Right. And they get a little bit of a bump because, you know, the they're blue, elite the blue programs. Blood, the blue, right, the blood blue, bump. Yes. Wow, that is a We mouthful. should coin that. Yeah. The blue blood bump. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Yeah, no, I'm not going to try that. But. I think Syracuse heads up, and they're the leader in the pack of Tier 2, which might sound tough to hear, and, and I get it. Like They you, can be Tier 1. They can be Tier 1. I'm not saying they the won't be The thing about this team point. is this defense is up there with Virginia to be yes. arguably the best in the nation. It's a Tier 1 it's defense a tier one in the defense. nation. Yeah. Yes, right. And Virginia and Syracuse, when they play each other, it's going to be like 35 to 30 in an awful game to watch. But yeah. I think— out. You got to give Virginia a lot of respect. I mean, they're getting DeAndre Hunter back, who's an NBA level talent. So those are my top three tier one teams Duke, UVA, UNC. Syracuse, I think, is a clear four. Then you are looking at a lot of teams in the middle pack Virginia Tech, Clemson, Florida State. I mean, Notre Dame might be in the tier three, re- tier three range just because mm-hmm. they've lost a lot. But there's a lot of good teams. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of good teams. I'm I'm obviously forgetting some. Miami's probably Tier 3. BC's probably Tier 3. I I still think Louisville is going to have a lot of talent. They're probably in that Tier 3 range with Chris Mack in his first year there. Syracuse heads up Tier 2, though, and I think they should get a bye. That that would be kind of a disappointment if they didn't get the quote-unquote double buy in the ACC tournament and they mm-hmm. don't get one of those top five seats. That would be a disappointment. To me, 
to me, I think Syracuse is a pretty clear four. Yeah. And with, yeah. with a chance to maybe get to a, a three if something goes wrong for someone else. Or if this defense is just unbelievable. Like, I'm not going to say Syracuse's ceiling is a one because I think one of the, the three teams above them is just going to absolutely pull away. Not pull away from the pack like Virginia did last year, but they will right. be the, the one. The one. You, they'll be a pretty clear one. Yeah. No, I, but I think they have a chance to maybe elevate to that two spot. They do. They do. I mean, when we say they're at tier two, that doesn't mean they can catapult to tier one. Virginia Tech, obviously, Chris Clark is indefinitely suspended right yeah. now. We don't really know what the story is. He's been is removed there. off the, the homepage I yeah. saw on Twitter. So, so that, that is that's concerning. And that even elevates them more to that clear four team. Because I think Virginia Tech's my five. Are they your Virginia five? Virginia Tech was almost this year's version of Boston College for us. Yeah, <laughs> they were right up there. And Justin Robinson. Robinson is really good. He's, I mean, that's the the JD consensus take with the ACC <laughs> is Robinson is is an underrated dark horse candidate for ACC Player of the Year. But it really is true. He can fill up points in, in a hurry. Uh, yeah, I like the I liked the Virginia Tech team. I don't know if I like it as much anymore now. Yeah. So Clark's not as a big fun. piece. Clark is a big piece. They're missing out on one of their best players heading into this year. So Syracuse, yeah, I would say a pretty clear number four in the conference, which is good. Oh, that's really right? good. For a team best that, they've been in a while. For yeah. a team that's finished under 500 in the conference for a couple of years now, it, it, this is a good start. And I, I like where this program's heading. Again, there's a lot of question marks about who's going to play point guard right now. Yeah. I mean, it'll all be cleared up probably by the time For the first Syracuse gets weeks. to MSG, but it's probably not something you need to worry about. There's not a lot of question marks with the Syracuse team, which is really all you can ask for. Yeah. Not a lot. No, I mean, look, this is the year that Jim Beheim proves we're not just a good tournament team. We don't just play well in the tournament because we have this fluky 2-3 zone defense that throws people off guard. We are an elite basketball program. We're past the NCAA infractions, the sanctions, all that, and we're going to have a strong regular season and prove that we belong. This is his year, and he's got to do that this year. So now when we look at beyond, I dare we say we look beyond now towards the NCAA tournament, which Syracuse should get in comfortably this year. It'd be a disappointment help. if that was not the case. Now, they've got all five guys coming back in the starting lineup. Then you're going to throw in Elijah Hughes. Then you're going to add in Jalen Carey. Little Buddy Bayheim. Little Buddy Bayheim action, too. Syracuse's listed odds right now to win the tournament are, of course you know that. are 50 to 1. 50 to 1. Seems fair. You think that's. I, if you're in Vegas right now, <laughs> not that I'm some type of financial consultant. But, but I mean, I it's not that I think that Syracuse is going to win the tournament, but at 50 to 1, seems a little disrespectful. So let's just dream for a second here because, you know, that's right. what we can do. It's fun. If they win the tournament, which is a big if, don't get me wrong. Huge if. But the stars align. They make this magical run. They win the tournament. Does Jim just go out on top? Does he call it, call it a career? I, I think he's got to. I know Buddy's still there. I think he's there. got to, but he's not going to. He's not going to. But, like, that would be his, you know, but, F you to everyone. I'm done. But doesn't he want to go on his little F you tour after that? And just roll maybe, through the maybe ACC? Maybe a little bit. Roll I can't believe we're ACC talking about Syracuse yeah. winning the national championship right But it now. could happen this year. That's the thing. This is as good of a chance that this team has had where you've got a dominant defense and you've got what could be a pretty good offense, too, to right. go with it. I mean, this is a Syracuse team that could hold teams – below 60 points a game and score more than 70 
Yeah. Upwards of 75. I guess the what it comes down to in the crux of this season is, and what determines this team's ceiling, is how much of a leap did all those, all the, the entire cast that's coming back, how much of a leap did they make? Are you, are you actually going to see a leap from year two to year three with Tyus Battle or year one to year two with O'Shea Brissett and guys like that? Because really, they're just running it back. It's the exact same team as last year with a couple added pieces like an Elijah Hughes and a Buddy Bayheim. Now, if you look at it from that perspective, you're thinking, okay, that team barely made the tournament last year, and they almost didn't make it. So why are we even sitting here talking about a national championship, which we're sort of talking about? I mean, it's it's a little realistic, but I still think it comes down to how much did they grow and how much work, and obviously Tyus Battle was working out and putting in the work, and that's what determines the ceiling of this team. So what what is your final prediction on how far this team can get oh man i don't know elite eight sweet 16 uh, this feels i like mean that feels like a year. safe cop-out pick yeah but how can you predict march it's madness? tough to predict and syracuse yeah. always gets that that nice little bump from the zone they always overperform in march and right especially in recent years too i, I mean i will say this i think there will be what would be a failure for you what would be a failure of a season a failure would be them even, like, remotely on the bubble at all. Like, they can't flirt with the bubble at all mm-hmm. this year. That has to be past us, at least with all the hype going in this team. Because it wasn't that long ago with that team with Tyler Lydon and Andrew White and all them coming back and John Gillen being added to the fold that they were preseason top 25. I believe they were, mm-hmm. like, 19 that year, and they didn't make yeah. the tournament. So it's easy for us to assume that they won't be on the bubble this year, but they haven't really proven anything in the regular season in the past three or four years. But this, this team is different from that team from 2016, was. It's different because, I mean, that team had a bunch of new pieces. This team really doesn't have new pieces. Yeah. You bring in two new faces, two guys who haven't practiced with you before. Exactly, yeah. And, and safe to say, Jim Beheim's not going to go on record and say, this is one of the most talented teams right. he's ever Even had though again. it probably is. That, I think he's it's not right going to pull that it. move again. That backfired. All right, anything we miss? No, it's going to be a fun year, man. I, I don't know. I think I'm just going to feel it out through the non-conference, see what they bring. But overall, they should have that double bye and, and be a top five seed in the ACC tournament. And if not, I think it's kind of a disappointing season in that regard with all that they're bringing back. They're going to be really talented. All right. Be sure to follow along with us all season long. OrangeFizz.net. Also, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, OrangeFizz. Thanks for listening. And Tim, guess what? What? It's basketball season. It is basketball season.